cosmos out of chaos. Oh my goodness. Oh, wow. Well, thank you so much for, for being so open to connecting with us today. I know, I know we wanted to do this in person. Right? Yes, I'm so sorry. Don't be sorry. It's the universe we're expecting an apology yes, letter from. Yes, it is. Right? <laughs> I mean, and it's just, well, yes, it's perfect like this. Yeah. No, it's, it's good. I mean, we ideally, it was to be in person. We're here, actually. At the house that Xavier was born in. I don't know if you can recognize. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I can. <laughs> we had a beautiful... Yeah, some of yeah. this stuff. The couch. Yes. Yeah, I can recognize it. <laughs> it's a special couch. It's you definitely will recognize it. Yes. Right? And ideally, it was to hopefully to be you and Ines, both of our doulas. Mm -hmm. And both yes. of you have had, um, well, she's down with COVID and you've had exposure to COVID. So we're doing the responsible thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, the, but it's not going to stop us. So we're very, very pleased. No, and no, no. Yeah. We're thankful. And I think it's just amazing for us to have the opportunity to, to connect with you today because not only have you been such an important role in, you know, our journey into becoming parents and with birth of Xavier, but I feel like also you not just being an incredible doula, but also a psychologist and working with families and, and children and parents, you have such amazing wisdom to share with people that are, you know, waiting to enter this beautiful next stage of their life into parenthood. And you're a mother too. And you're a mother. And so I'm a mother. <laughs> you're triple qualified. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, you know, I do this for a passion. So, I mean, when you do things from your heart, it's, yeah, it's not like working is, yeah, it's, it's something you love to do. Mm -hmm. And Yes, I'm so grateful to be here with you today also. And I mean, I I just was there with you. You did all the job. <laughs> you did everything. You set up everything, <laughs> you know. But you were the support system, you know, and I think that's really important. And, and maybe for, you know, everybody that's listening and watching this right now, I think a lot of people don't even know what is a doula. We didn't know. We didn't know mm -hmm. what a midwife and a doula was until it came time yes. into preparing for, you know, welcoming a child. So maybe you can explain to everybody, like, what is yeah, a doula? Yeah, sure. Sure. And I mean, doulas have been here for many, many hundreds of years. <laughs> you know, the figure of a woman supporting the family, supporting the mother, guiding, mm -hmm. it's part of our history. But now it's becoming more popular, this name, Dula. Um, I think especially in the cities where many families are alone, like more than before. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, here in Costa Rica, there are so many migrants or um, yeah, foreigners. Me, my own, and Ines, <laughs> we are not from Costa Rica. And, and well, Sometimes we need this support. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's the family supporting, but also a doula is someone has been trained to um, to help to support the mother, the family through this whole process. So, of course, it's different than family because we have well, we, we've been studying. We have like a neutral perspective through mm -hmm. things, and. And well, experience, <laughs> of right. course. Yeah, experience for mm -hmm. sure. How many births as a doula have you attended <gasps> at this point? Wow. Well, not not as much as the midwives, of course. Of course. <laughs> um, but I think around seventy. Wow. My already babies. That's so 70 beautiful. Little babies. So yes. what, what is the difference between a midwife and a doula? Yes, well, we have very different roles because the midwife is taking care of the medical things, you know, making sure the babies and the mother's health is well taken care of. And the doula is the emotional support, mm -hmm. is guiding through the process, giving information to, you know, make your own decisions. And, well, is... Um, 
it became like a family member also. Right. With I mean many families and but especially given this guidance through the process. Uh, so every family takes their own choices, you know. Mm-hmm. And I mean we do many things as you already <laughs> as you already experience right because sometimes when you think um emotional support it's hard to 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 think that in what what a doula does but we do many things i mean we can support uh physically during the process with massage um reconforting the mother Mm um also well um help you I don't know, like giving giving the guidance through the process also, like uh, what positions or ways to to yeah to face right. the sensations. You guys were amazing. I mean, birth. you and Ines as my doulas during the time of contractions and birthing, like you did exactly what you're saying. Like you were such first of all, a physical support. I remember there was all of those like moves you made me do and the rubbing and like, specific like blanket movements that you would help my pelvis relax. Like that was amazing. And, and you guys were the first people that came to the house when I was in labor. You know, the midwives came way later as, you know, the, the progress was getting a little bit further. Um, but I think that's something really important for people listening to this to also understand, like you're saying, like, you become part of the family. And that's, I really feel like for myself oh. and Mark, what you and us were to us, like before the birth, yes, I remember I'd always could text you and ask you for support. I'm like, oh, why am I feeling this way? Is this normal? But even after Xavier was born, like you guys, one of you was always here every single day for two weeks. Like every day, every day. you were checking in on me, you were checking in on the breastfeeding, you were answering my messages, my phone calls, like you truly were part of our like first two weeks as a family of three. Well, we stayed, th- we stayed 30 days in this house, 40 days afterwards. And, yeah. and you two, we saw every single every day. day. And it was that you became part of the family unit, which was so fitting, especially being foreigners in Costa Rica. So being able to have a family unit mm-hmm. to to give us guidance who have been through it before. But I think even more importantly, it's it was the reassurance and the education at the beginning, at the very start that I think really ingrained you into the process. Because in a way, when you're looking to give birth in the original natural way, like to have it at home in the way that mm-hmm. women and families have been having children for thousands and thousands of years, at this stage in in, in history, um, our families looked at us like we were insane. Yeah. Like they well, the moment I was like, I want to have a home birth. My mom was like, oh, but it's so dangerous. Oh my god, what? Yes. Like she was like freaking out because there's like this lack of education of choice and. The idea that, like, like Mark was saying, the stigma that people think home birthing is dangerous and that the only way to give yes. a child, to birth a child is in the hospital. But we were, you know, the thing with us that we were always saying, it's like the hospitals are there to treat emergencies, but childbirth isn't exactly. an emergency. It's part of life. It can be an emergency, yes, and, and but it's not in the beginning. And with And with that, then we had no one in our life to turn to yes except for when juliana came to me and was like i found some doulas in costa rica (laughs) and 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 i was like in my mind imagining these mystic like medicine with like doula and i I had no idea she just learned what it was and i'm learning and in my mind i'm just like oh this is like and and then you realize how it's it's all very normal but what you allowed us to do is understand that in a culture where it's not normal the normal is abnormal it was Mm -hmm. you guys that stepped into her life to like be like no no you guys are on the right track and that that reassuring that that amount of Mm-hmm. like reassurement what is the word i'm looking for reinsurance reassurance and uh, reinsurance was yeah. like that was the beginning of not just the confidence we needed but the beginning of a, a beautiful relationship and i think also for us like we went into a big dive of trying to expose ourselves to as much as information and like we watched you know certain movies like the business of being born for example which was an amazing documentary mm-hmm. that exposed mm-hmm. the medicalization of 
birth in hospitals and how much it is just as much as a business as a lot of other things. And that really opened our eyes to what's really happening with the modern day birthing. Which is the elimination of an option. It's not Mm -hmm. saying that it's the wrong way. It's just to us, it was, there's no, like all we knew. And I think all so many people out there know when, because no one teaches you in high school what to do when you are expecting a child. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden it's like the little pregnancy test says, here it comes. And you're just like, (laughs) okay, all I know is I need a doctor fast. Like what do we, yes, I need a doctor, right? (laughs) Which is crazy because like Juliana said, it's not an emergency. Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And sometimes people, um, take, take care more about, uh, the ultrasounds, for example, uh, which directly doesn't affect your baby's health. Uh, or the mother's health mm-hmm. is, I mean, what affects uh, directly is um, how you live life, how are you eating, how are you exercising, moving. And yeah, uh, many people is like very into the <laughs> ultrasounds every month, you wow. know. And and we still don't know what are the effects of all these medical um, many many ultrasounds Mm -hmm. during pregnancy and now like you mentioned you've you've been present in 70 births so far like for yourself (laughs) and your experience have you seen a shift in women like do you find more women are curious about home birthing or are is there more fear in women when they come to you well most of people go to the hospital that's the the reality Mm -hmm. um because it's what is being taught to, I mean, recently, because um, births happened in hospital just a few years ago. I mean, if we consider mm-hmm. consider all the human history, it's just like the 60, 60 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, we, we started going to the hospitals before that. Birthing was always a family event with a midwife, <laughs> with another woman, doulas, right. helping. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and yeah, it's, it's becoming like the normal thing to do mm-hmm. now. I mean, here in Costa Rica, around 1% has a home birth. Wow. And, and actually in America, at the time of the business of being born, was shot it was less than one percent which mm-hmm. i find astounding mm-hmm. and it, it actually featured a lot of a lot of um parents and and mothers to be talking about just like just getting it done just being like they said there's like this designer births i don't know have you heard of that where they like have a c-section and they schedule it and then they have a tummy tuck mm-hmm. right after do you see that in costa rica mm-hmm. yes yes of course. really <laughs> what do you think of that like do you think there's like yeah how do you how does that being involved in the side of birthing that you are, how does, like, what, what's your perspective to that? Yes, I mean, we as doulas, we support the family's decisions, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, we, we have had families that come to us uh, and they want a program C-section. Mm. And, I mean, we support their decision. It's beautiful. Even, even in a C-section, you, you can have... I don't know, for example, the first hour, skin to skin, close to your baby, and start breastfeeding as soon as possible. But, I mean, it's, it's hard to get this also in, with, in this medical system. Uh, so, I mean, we share information during pregnancy, mm-hmm. uh, but we, we cannot take the decisions for the families. Of course. Well, and, and I think that's what we loved about working with you guys was really like you gave us options to yeah. think about and answered the questions mm-hmm. in a way that anyone else from where we came from, mm-hmm. even our families, um, couldn't give us like l- legitimate answers, just like s- sort of their mm-hmm. f- emotional reactions to the stigmas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
I just wanted to interrupt this podcast right here to let you guys know that Stars and Destruct is a brand new podcast. It's Juliana and myself and our entire team's little project, putting a lot of energy, a lot of love, and a lot of resources into each episode. So if you're enjoying it or you're finding any value at all, if you could click subscribe or follow to the channel or to the platform that you're watching this on, it would mean the world to us. And if you're already subscribed or you're already following, you could share this video or even just talk about it with anyone in conversation in your day-to-day -day life and let them know we exist we'd appreciate it greatly and now back to your episode but you know to me what what's why I really for me personally and again this is a personal decision why I wanted to have a home birth because I wanted to experience everything that women have been experiencing since the beginning of time I wanted that initiation I wanted I wanted to feel the pain I wanted to feel all of the sensations um, because and some of the things that I watched even like the use of, you know, different medications that they use in hospitals where they're like, oh, well, you go to the hospital and you get an epidural and you don't feel any contraction. And then they, you know, mm -hmm. put some, mm -hmm. like, can you talk about these kinds of medications like Pitocin and epidurals? Yeah. Like, what is that? Yes. Well, also these, well, especially the epidural, um, I think it makes a lot of sense in a society um, that, doesn't want to feel. Mm -hmm. You have a headache, you take a pill, you have something right. and you take a pill. So we are we're not used anymore to feel these sensations. Right. Um, I don't know, it's too hot, we turn on the, the air. So, I mean, we want to be all the time in our comfort zone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I don't judge. Uh, mothers that want this option yeah it's I mean it's also their decision uh, but of course um, every intervention every drug you use during the process it it has a side effect as any drug mm -hmm. <laughs> we know right so for example pitocin um, sometimes is needed what is pitocin but can you just explain pitocin yeah mm -hmm. sure it's uh, artificial oxytocin. Mm. Okay. So what does it do? What is its role? Why do they give it to women? Yeah, well, we produce natural oxytocin during the process. Um, it's what it's called also the love hormone. And mm. it does many, many things. It has to do with the attachment, the capacity of love, uh, yeah, other people. And... And it also produces contractions in the mm -hmm. uterus. Mm -hmm. um, so in some cases, especially when the birth is medicalized, uh, they use pitocin like the regular thing to do just to rush the, mm -hmm. the process. Yeah, just to rush things up. Right. Um, but it also has its effects. Because when we produce oxytocin, uh, this oxytocin also goes to our brains. Right. Uh, I mean, the natural one. And with oxytocin, we produce endorphins, which is another hormone that helps um, with the sensations. You know, when a mother is in labor, long labor, as you did, Juliana, yes. <laughs> uh, between contractions, I don't know if you remember it, between contractions, you kind of um, can fall asleep oh, yeah. or you can rest and like relax and then it comes again. Mm -hmm. That's thanks to the endorphins, mm -hmm. okay? But when we have uh, pitocin, we stop producing these natural endorphins, we stop producing our natural oxytocin because the body understands, okay, we already have enough oxytocin, so we stop producing it. But it, this um, artificial one doesn't go to your brain. Mm. So yeah, it doesn't affect the other hormones. Right. Um, so many mothers have experienced more pain during the process with pitocin. Oh, wow. And there are some studies, very interesting, because at the beginning with, with, when doctors and yeah, uh, scientists 
started to use and study this pitocin, they thought um, um, probably this would prevent postpartum depression because, uh, yeah, postpartum depression sometimes is related with low uh, quantities of oxytocin in your body. Mm. So they believed that if using the pitocin, it would prevent this. Uh, but after the research, they discovered that mothers that use pitocin, they had like a higher risk to have a postpartum depression. Wow. Mm. So what it, when it is it an artificial hormone? Like do we do like so it actually just replaces you're just supplementing your body? Exactly. Interesting cuz what you taught us about oxytocin was so we found it so interesting to hear things about like how safety and darkness mm -hmm. and intimacy and all of these qualities mm -hmm. of sort of like they're going back mm -hmm. in history to like having a cave and cuddling up mm -hmm. and feeling very all mm -hmm. of that creates oxy oxytocin which yes. is which is funny because when you imagine the typical bright lights and strangers and very clinical environment of a of a hospital does that actually cut off the oxytocin which then demands more pitocin uh, Yes, it's interesting because sometimes when, and we, I mean, we talk to the family so they know uh, why is this happening when we go to the hospital. I mean, they're at home nesting with uh, very low lights, music, um, aromatherapy, and then they go to the hospital and yeah, they see what you just <laughs> described, the lights, new faces, um, many questions uh, and sometimes the process kind of uh, start to slow down mm. okay but well sometimes we have the opportunity in some hospitals to um, to to set up also a place um, to I mean to like to lower the lights, like to set the mood, I, like, kind of, right? like set set mm -hmm. the same, almost right, right. <laughs> the almost. same, but in the hospital, hospital, especially the private ones, but at the public ones, it's hard to do this because you cannot turn off the lights, for right. example, right. <laughs> and mm -hmm. you, there are many other families uh, having their processes. And well, most of the women have this kind of births here mm -hmm. in Costa Rica. I mean, not everyone is uh, able to afford a birth in a private hospital. Yeah. Um, so sometimes the process like kind of slow down. And then um, when they, I mean, it, when they feel like comfortable <laughs> in that place, it starts again. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I've... I've experienced uh, with many mothers um, that, yeah, the process starts to slow down and they need artificial. Wow. So environment, environment plays a huge role in this sort of exactly. stimulation. But what about, you know, that's one thing, the effects of Pitocin and um, the epidurals on the mother. But is there any sort of correlation of those medications passed on to the baby and, and or even like the psychological effect on the babies when they are being, you know, exposed to these yes, medications? Yes, sure, sure, because it goes through the umbilical cord. Sorry, mm -hmm. babies are also exposed to these um, medicines and, you know, when, when a mother gets pitocin, they have to be monitoring the baby like continuously right. because I mean doctors and nurses they know that uh, using pitocin is it's having more risk for all the baby also so some babies doesn't accept this mm. these drugs and some babies starts to having yeah um, problems with the heartbeat too fast or too low so um, like distress like the babies become distressed during the ex time. exactly okay. exactly mm -hmm. because and also the pitocin um, doesn't allow you to rest oh in between gosh. contractions usually is 
one after another and another. And of course, sometimes it fastens up things mm-hmm. <laughs> up. But uh, what is the cost of that? Right. Yeah. And I mean, I also seen uh, families that, I mean, they were, everything was fine. And then they used the Pitocin and they had to rush for a emergency section because the baby is stressed. Mm. Right. Also right. with the epidural, some babies don't, yeah, don't uh, absorb it that well. That's really interesting because it's like you you take the Pitocin and I can't even imagine not having a rest between contractions. Cause I remember when I was going through them, it was like, yeah. Oh my God, if I didn't yeah. get that minute or whatever I had between, like, I can't imagine what, how painful that would be for a woman. So I, I mm-hmm. get the, the, the need for the epidural, because if you're already putting a, you know, a, synth- a synthetic exactly. hormone in there, like Pitocin, you need the other one to give the mother a break. Otherwise it's, you know, unbearable. So it's crazy that it's like, as soon as you include one thing, it's just like, now you're, you're adding on and adding mm. on. And that's, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that's, and that's the thing. I think that's, it's important for women to just recognize that that is the risks of that too, you know, that it's, and I don't think they, they talk about that in the hospitals, No, or, you know, they no, just like, this is what you're supposed to do. Nobody told us any of that until we met you and then yeah. started researching and, you know, reading, like you said, like the Ina May Gaston books. And mm-hmm. then also like watching a few documentaries, all of a sudden this information became, mm-hmm. it became realized, which made us, I think, together come to the conclusion with much more confidence that it might be necessary. And it, when it is all day. It's like, like you said about the Advil, like if you have a migraine, take the Advil. If you have a headache, try to exercise exactly. maybe, or, mm-hmm. or do something else that c- can get your circulation going to give you some relief. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. for, for this, I think it was for, for us, it was like, until you have to enter that cycle, which I think has been illuminated to me, you'd get the Pitocin and then it's too much pain. So then you get the epidural, but then the epidural can also like slow things down, which makes you need more Pitocin, which creates like this crazy (laughs) cyclical cycle, cycle, which, you know, expedites emptying beds in the hospital quicker for sure. Cause I think the hospital's job (laughs) is to like get people in and then out because it's a cycle. And, and at the end of the day, I'm not saying anyone's intention is nefarious, but it's being taught in a way to just to accelerate the process of, of birth. Um, but I think if, it, without having to accelerate, um, like to accept that acceleration, to be able to lean back and experience, like, exp- and I think it was interesting. You said something about like, um, for, for a society that doesn't want to feel, but, and mm-hmm. I gave Juliana so much credit when she turned to me, when we found out we were pregnant mm-hmm. and it blew my brains out when she said, I don't want to take any drugs if I don't need to. And I would like to experience the fullness of what this means to be a woman. And as a husband, I was floored. I'd never mm-hmm. thought anything like, I, all I know is like the movies where women are screaming and getting rushed in cabs to the hospital and giving birth in the back of a car, like the Hollywood birth. So I, in my head, yeah. I was just, and it was, again, I go back to you guys, but it was you guys that helped me cope with her desire for that, which I stood by her. Mm-hmm. She wants to be a mm-hmm. warrior all day long. She's a warrior. Like, I love it. And she was like, I'm speaking as if you're not here, but you were like, it was beautiful to see. But I just think that there's something to to go back to the beginning to say, like to, to be able to not engage in a cycle of medicalization in it with the, with the intention to feel Mm -hmm. and to experience, there's something really beautiful about that and natural. Yeah. And I think, Maybe it's also important to share, like you've been also in home births and you've seen many different kinds of home births. And I think mm-hmm. for me, what was mm-hmm. important that helped me kind of understand that this was the right path and the right option for me personally, it was mm-hmm. reading mm-hmm. and listening to many beautiful stories of women having these beautiful births at home. And that was like full of connection and, and yes, struggle, of course, and pain that, that comes with initiation. Mm-hmm. Um, but that really helped me because like I said, as soon as you tell somebody, oh, I'm having a home birth, they're like, oh my God, that's so dangerous. You shouldn't be doing that. You need to be with the doctor, you know? Um, so it's amazing. Like in your experience that you've seen, you know, you've been in home births. Has there ever been a time where you were like, been with a family and told them, no, you're, you shouldn't have a home birth. 
that we recommend that you should go to the hospital? Like, is there a way that you guys not screen, but just advise based mm-hmm. on people's circumstances? Mm-hmm. I mean, you mean they are already in labor or before? Uh, before. I guess before. Yeah. Like when, when families are trying uh-huh. to make a decision. Yeah, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Um, you know, now with the pandemic, many families started to take this decision, uh, but based in fear, like not going to the hospital because there is the virus. Right? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And well, but but it also uh, make many people to think about um, we're taking healthy women mm-hmm. to hospitals right. where they're <laughs> sick people. Yeah. You know. That's... So I mean, in no, I mean, many many people during the pandemic t- took this decision to have a home birth, but based on fear. Mm. Uh, and sounds... I mean, we we try to 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 make them also like be very clear that uh, I mean, they were sure to have a home birth, but but because if you make a decision based on fear, sometimes it. It affects also right, the right. process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But with home births, I mean, it's not, I think also people have this, you know, vision that, oh, you have no support. It's like, I remember you guys came mm-hmm. fully prepared. Like, I remember the midwives had like oxygen tanks and you had all the medical supplies and the stitches and everything like that, right? Like you guys, like you, you come prepared for any sort of circumstance. Like, have you guys ever had yeah. to, um, I guess my question would be like, what do you pack? Like, what do you bring with yourself? Like, so people can feel comfortable in any situation. Yeah. Well, the midwives, you know, they, they pack many things. Mm. Um, they, they are prepared also to solve many things at home. Mm. Uh, but we as doulas, since we don't, I mean, we are not in, um, yeah, we, we don't have to, to that responsibility, um, especially things to uh, help the mother support mm-hmm. during, uh, you know, the contraction. So we have, um, uh, I don't know, reposo, oil, um, heating pads. Mm-hmm. Um, so comforting, well, many, comforting kind of supplies. Comforting, that you guys comforting. Come with. Yes, but, you know, the doula um, doesn't need anything. I mean, just the presence of the doula, Mm -hmm. it's it's enough. I mean, these other things are helpful, but, I mean, it doesn't mean that you need that to support a family. Mm -hmm. Mm. Hi, I hope you're enjoying this conversation right now. I just wanted to interrupt this episode for a quick moment and let everybody know that Stars and Destruct is a brand new podcast and creation that Mark and I have birthed into life. It is very, very dear to our hearts. And if you're getting any value out of the episodes or the guests or just anything that we are bringing forward through this platform, it would mean the absolute world to us if you would click that subscribe or follow button and help us continue to bring this project to the top. All my love to you and let's go back to the episode. That's we so had a third doula for a minute. <laughs> remember the Do you cat? remember the third doula? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was so funny. That was so funny. So I, I, as Juliana was going into... We had a mattress, actually, like right, right here where this couch is. And yeah. that was like before the midwives came still. I remember kind of the beginning mm-hmm, of my mm-hmm. contractions, but you came yes. and Ines was coming. And we left the door mm-hmm. open here. And there's like the stray cat that just lives in the neighborhood area. And I remember like... And all fours, like kind of getting through the contraction and then feeling mm-hmm. somebody licking my fingers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then biting them, but like nicely biting them. And I was like, and then I look and there's this cat. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Why is there a cat right here? What's a doula cat? <laughs> the doula cat. And she was there for a while. Oh, and she was just propping her head on my and purring. And purring. And she was like, again, like connecting. And it's funny when that moment happened, it reminded me again of like it it gave me that confirmation like yes like I'm going through an experience that animals go through that every living being that brings life into this world like and this animal 
this cat was able to feel the energy and something brought her into the house. Like, yes, the door was open. So she walked in, but like she felt <laughs> yeah. something and came and she was there to help me. And like, almost there was like this, it didn't matter. I was a human and she was a cat. She was feeling my pain. And so I had you guys rubbing my back and wiggling my <laughs> hips or whatever, yeah. you know, with the, with the towels. And then there was this cat licking my hands. And it was so beautiful because I felt like there was like this moment of reconnection to like this, like primal kind of energy mm -hmm. that was like mm -hmm. running through me. And it was, it was so, so beautiful. And I just keep, I keep going back and replaying all of the memories that I had in this house and with you guys and just, you know, the idea and the blessing that I was able to experience it in all mm -hmm. the ways that I hoped for, you know, which was amazing. Um, we had a few people come to the door that night. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice that, Juliana? <laughs> the neighbors? Yeah. Do you remember the neighbors? That's so funny. Oh, my they goodness. They were knocking the door. <laughs> it was like three in the... Well, I don't know if... Do you, rem you don't remember. I don't yeah, remember. She didn't know. I she was... had no idea, but at like three, yeah. in, three in the morning, it's, like, it's been going on for like... Right, we're probably approaching 30 hours at this point, and, you know, there's a bang <laughs> at the door, and... There's been all kinds of moaning in the house all night, like lots of moaning and screaming and <laughs> primal sounds. And then, yeah. and then there's a knock and we answered the door. I think it was myself and three women. <laughs> it was maybe, yeah. it was at least three women. The, the whole birth <laughs> team was just like opens the door and the security guard was just like... Like, What's happening what here? What's happening? <laughs> like, don't worry, just a baby being born. Don't worry. But what, what was he thinking? I don't know. That is... <laughs> It was so good. Oh my goodness. Oh, politely asked us to keep the noise down. Yeah. We promised we would try. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, and then I have all those memories, but then I think the most connective memory that I have was the moment in this hallway because I remember I, mm -hmm. there was a moment where my labor went into my back labor. And mm -hmm. Mark was like, we, if you really like, and this was like over 30 hours. It's like, if you mm -hmm. want to go, and that's another thing. It's like surrendering to the universe because I find that people have these plans. They want to have a home birth, but then anything can go. Right. And many times mm -hmm. like people do have to transfer to the hospital and that's okay. Because at that point it's like, maybe you need some sort mm -hmm. of intervention. That happens like a lot in your experience when you've done it or. Like home uh, birth, not that much. Not that much. I mean, mm. during uh huh, during home birth, because usually, I mean, not usually, always a home birth is. Um, I mean, not everyone can have a home birth, right? right? Um, it has to be a healthy mother, healthy baby. Um, they have to to uh, to have at least thirty seven weeks. Mm -hmm. You know, a premature right. baby cannot be born at home or, and you also need to be close to the hospital. Mm -hmm. Just in case, right? right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Just, just in case you need mm -hmm. to be transferred. But yeah, so with a healthy mother, healthy baby, uh, and yeah, and at least 37 weeks, uh, the, the option, I mean, yeah, the, the options to be transferred are very low. Right. Yeah. And I almost... Yeah, usually it's a very healthy process mm -hmm. and most I of think, the time. I think for me at that time, it wasn't even um, anything went wrong. But because Xavier, remember, he was being born with his head up mm -hmm. instead of his uh, chin tucked in. Yeah. So the military position, as you guys call it, right? Um, so he was coming down so, so slowly and I was dilating so slowly. And mm -hmm. I think it was like Mark said at hour 30, like 30 at hours least. of going yeah. through these contractions. Mm -hmm. I was beyond exhausted. Um, I had to the, carry you down the stairs at one point. Yeah. And the you pain, were so, f you had put in your complete entire self. And my pain went into my back and that's when, you know, we thought, mm. but I think for me it was also, <laughs> I think when I, I knew if I was going to get transferred, and I accepted it. I was like, okay, I have to make peace in my mind that mm -hmm. most mm -hmm. likely they're not going to allow me to keep going. They're going to put me and they're going to cut me and have a C-section and pull the baby mm -hmm. out and it'll be fine. And it was just like, it, 
I was okay with it. It wasn't like, oh man, I failed at a home birth, you know, like I, it wasn't about (laughs) that. It was just like, and it was that understanding that like surrender to the universe and trusting that whatever path was going to take, it was meant to happen. And I remember we're like, okay, we made the decision. Let's transfer. You guys were packing your bags and packing the car. Everything was in the cars already. Everything. And And it happened so fast. I remember like we made the call. We're like, (laughs) okay, we're going. And it was just like a whirlwind in the whole house. Like everyone was running in different directions. And I swear it was something (laughs) with like endorphins or endorphins, adrenaline that was kicked in. Adrenaline. Yes, adrenaline. And I like... Held the wall here, and I was going through was these the, contractions, and then just feeling like it was the something. front door. You had your shoes on. Yeah, I had my flip flops on. Yes, we were putting your flip flops. <laughs> and I was holding on to this wall, and then I just felt something, and then I looked at Mark, and I looked in your eyes, and I was like, I think it's coming. And he's like, Do you think so? And then Monica, the the one of the midwives, she's yeah. like, You think it is? She whipped out the Dutch stool, which is like that toilet mm-hmm. seat kind of mm-hmm. seat. Clothes were ripped off, well, at least the bottom part of the, my clothes. <laughs> and then Mark was like holding me like from the back. And I just mm-hmm. remember cell phones came out because all I think all of was like the flashlights, the flashlights. Were packed, like nobody had anything. It was like everything was in the car. So I remember like looking down <laughs> yeah. and I saw Marie and Monica, the two midwives with their f- cell phone flashlights, like right in there. And, you know, <laughs> there I was just like bringing this energy of like, <sighs> this power coming through me. And then. And then Xavier was there and he was born. And, and that yeah. moment, as soon as he came out, it was like, <gasps> like time stopped. And, and Mark was like, literally like holding on to me from the back. And then you guys just put him in our arms and he came out with this cone head because of his, <laughs> his head. It was like super long. And I was like, oh my God, what's wrong with his head? <laughs> what's wrong with him? <laughs> we were like, don't worry, it'll, it'll settle down. It'll settle down. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it was that moment that when you said that skin to skin of like touching him and holding him and just say, and Mark there, like, and it was like this really, really beautiful, powerful moment for us as a family, as you know, and myself and Mark, like all of a sudden we have our baby and, and we're together. Like, they're, you know, we're just like in this little ball, like wrapped in each other's arms. And then this third child just being placed in our arms. And there was just something so raw and so incredibly mm-hmm. powerful about that moment and beautiful and natural and like all of these sensations. And I just, you know, like ecstasy. Yes. It was just like this moment. And I think for me as well, it was because I was so comfortable with all of you guys, like everybody that was present there wasn't a stranger. Like I knew every single person, you guys all had such beautiful energies about you. So like everything in that moment in that environment felt like a dream and like surreal. And, And I have like, I even remember the smell and every moment, like it's engraved in my heart. And I think it'll forever in my life be engraved in that, you know, mm-hmm. because of that mm-hmm. moment. And so for me, it was like, it was such a beautiful experience that I hope and wish to, for any women right now listening to that, like, that is possible and you can have that experience mm-hmm. and it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be filled with lights and, and, you know, drugs and, and, and many people coming in and out of rooms and mm-hmm. that it's, you know, it's, it's beautiful because I, I've, I've heard a lot of traumatic births. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot mm-hmm. of women, a lot of girls and people I know even that have had really, really traumatic experiences in, mm-hmm. and that in, if, the hospital. in the hospital, that's what I mean. Yeah. Hospital mm-hmm. medicalized like experience that have like trend, like translated then into the recovery can you speak to that, like how trauma can affect the postpartum experience as well? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course, because it, I mean, it doesn't affect just the mother, the father that is present there, but also the baby. Because, um, yeah, many years ago, uh, people th- thought that babies didn't, didn't feel uh, like they didn't, didn't feel. 
<clears throat> like didn't have feelings. They didn't feel. Yeah. Well, like like, uh, like sensations. Even even their their nervous system is different. So, for example, we have this idea that is better for girls. I have girls, so mm. <laughs> um, I also have this this in mind um, that you know the earrings. Mm-hmm. The holes for the earrings, and um, many people think that it's better to do it uh, when they are little. I mean, just no born because they will feel less pain. Wow. Huh. But you know, it's I mean, they feel more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are so sensitive, right. and yeah, it's different if you're a grown up. And I mean, it, and you take the decision to do this to your body. But yeah, we we well many people think mm-hmm. this that babies. Uh, so yeah, so so uh, even in the hospital they touch babies and they manipulate them like very rough. Mm. Was that um, is there a connection there to circumcision and the cultural acceptance of that um, and mm-hmm. the, thinking the babies don't feel because. I mean, we didn't really think about that till we had a boy. And then a lot of people in our yeah. community sent us a lot of information, which helped mm-hmm. us guide to a point where we didn't circumcise Xavier because mm-hmm. we couldn't put him through that. Well, we just pain. did. We'd never considered yeah. what could be wrong with it because it seems like such a normal thing. But you're talking about mm-hmm. getting ears pierced for mm-hmm. girls, but circumcision for boys. Like, do you have any information yeah, on that? That's, that's also, uh huh. Well, yes, also, I mean, it's painful. <laughs> uh, I've seen, uh, yeah, babies circumcised, and they—I mean, it's uncomfortable. They cry, they complain, and I mean, they don't understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. They just feel the pain. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, of course, it's a decision sometimes guided uh, for medical reasons or religious mm-hmm. reasons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we have to be aware that. I mean, it's painful yeah. <laughs> for them. When it's unnecessarily <clears throat> traumatic, I'd imagine. Like we're talking, it's like unnecessary. Um, and and I think that was what was really brought to light for us. I mean, it was a choice for us to make as parents. But mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. the I think what came like what was the decision was the word unnecessary. And mm-hmm. so as new parents, it just kind of became like yeah. we don't want to do anything that would cause any kind of level of trauma or. Or especially so new in life to go through something so painful. Mm-hmm. Like they're already, it's painful exactly. to be a baby. I'd imagine you're just thrown into this world <laughs> and it's like, you have no So idea. many new sensations. Oh my goodness. Like yeah. just even like <laughs> learning just the basic fundamentals, uh, like and experiencing mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Might, must be enough for the psyche. Yes. Um, so for, for us, it was, a, it was just like, and I thought we would do it when we had a boy. But then, and I appreciate everyone in our community that sent us the information um, mm-hmm. just to consider it. And and I think if you Google it, if you've never thought about it before having a, a, a child, if we didn't know if Xavier was going to be a boy or a girl. Yeah. So we really didn't think a lot about mm-hmm. the different decisions we'd have to go through. Yeah. But I was very mm-hmm. grateful for just realizing mm-hmm. that it wasn't necessary because if someone asked us right out the gate, we were like, sure, we're going to circumcise them. But it's interesting how mm-hmm. like humans, like we interfere with like the natural process, like nature didn't really intend for, for boys to, to have to have that alter alteration, mm-hmm. you know? And I think about also, you know, like um, the interaction between like, if you go a little bit further into the spiritual side of like the, the interaction between the souls and the mother and the child, like, you know, they, t- they speak about, um, you know, the first 40 days of how important it is mm-hmm. on a spiritual mm-hmm. level for the soul mm-hmm. to be integrated into the body. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what is your view on all of that in terms of the connection between the mother mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the child? Yeah, well, you know, babies are born wanting and expecting something very similar that what they have in the womb. I mean, they were moving, I mean, in movement, mm-hmm. um, they didn't have to, to care about, uh, eating, <laughs> right. for example. Um, and they were warm and with their mother the whole time. So mm-hmm. they expect something very similar to this. Mm-hmm. And that's why you see in, I mean, many cultures, especially in the indigenous cultures, they, they, I mean, it's, 
uh, something they do it because it's very practical. Because many women work in, in you know, in the, in the fields and they have to uh, harvest and and they have to continue with their lives. So they have their babies with a wrap mm-hmm. and they continue. <laughs> it's not like you have to change your life because you have a baby now. No, they integrate their babies to the um, many different things that we do as adults mm-hmm. and uh, parties and things, you know, for weddings, for example. I mean, they are part of the community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, probably in the cities, we have, yeah, we have, we think differently. Right. And, and yeah, for example, we won't be used to see, um, uh, I don't know, someone in the bank with their baby uh, in a wrap. Right, right. <laughs> you know, but uh, we could. I mean, what's the problem, <clears throat> especially at the the first days where when they basically sleep, they sleep, they feed, they poop. <laughs> so it's important. What's for the problem? Them. It's important though mm-hmm. in, in the development of the relationship of the exactly. mother and the child. Exactly. Right? They they need a uh, constant contact. Right. Okay. And. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not that uh, sometimes we we hear like uh, demandant babies, but every baby is high demandant (laughs) because you need to take their, take care of them 24 seven. And I mean, not just the mother, the father, I mean, they need to be in contact with Mm -hmm. another human being. Of course, the mother and the father, (laughs) but uh, if... Yeah, you know, if there is a, a I don't know, a, a sister, a friend, or someone else, like very close to the family, who can also uh, hold the baby. I mean, that's what they need, basically. Mm-hmm. What about on the soul level, though? Yes. Well, mother and baby mm-hmm. are connected, like emotionally, even. Well, uh I think that, and I mean, not just me, many uh, nice. psychologists <laughs> and many people think that um, we are connected to our babies, like for the first two to three years, mm-hmm. uh, like emotionally connected. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what the mother feels, the baby feels, what the baby feels, the mother feels. And I mean, we babies don't talk. They just yeah. communicate through uh, the, their cry or their facial expressions, and and yeah, we we get to to know them <laughs> by living with them day by day, mm-hmm. and and of course, um, is it it's very different to be born uh, in a peaceful peaceful place. Um, than, yeah, in, in, in a stressful place mm-hmm. because babies, yeah, they they can feel um, that this world is dangerous or I, I was born in a safe place. That's so right. interesting. It is interesting because when you say like you feel like you feel what the baby feels and I still feel like that with Xavier. I mean, he's a year and a half right now, but to me, like, mm-hmm. like when he's getting sick like I, I feel like I think he's getting sick like there's just like this intuition in mm-hmm. me or mm-hmm. you know like yeah like it's it's hard to explain but it's like I, I just feel this if he's feeling hurt or sad or frustrated it's just like this mm-hmm. interesting inter energetic connection and mm-hmm. you know I have heard like there's many different religions that say like something about even in the first couple of weeks where your auras and your um, energetic fields are the same with the with the baby and it takes time for them to part from one another and become mm-hmm. their own energetic mm-hmm. field and so that's mm-hmm. why when you leave too far away the baby feels the 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 mother is is not present in that area and it starts yeah. to cry and it freaks out because mm-hmm. it's like an energetic level and i do believe like babies especially like they just came from somewhere incredible you know what I mean? Like they are so much more connected to source, to God, to the universe, whatever you call it. Like mm-hmm. they, they were just mm-hmm. like they were just pushed through creation. And so they 
are so deeply in tune with energy and with emotions and with frequency as well. And so Mm -hmm. that's why you say it's probably important to, to surround young children with positive, good energy because they, they soak it all in and they feel it. Well, Um, I think about when he was born, like three feet over there (laughs) and then then I guess we kind of made our way within 10 minutes to the mattress here. Um, surrounded by safety and love of you guys. Mm -hmm. And like it had been 34, 36 hours at that point. Either of us have even thought about sleeping and it took us a few hours more, but it was just like this Mm -hmm. beautiful, it felt almost like Mm -hmm. a tribal, but tribal makes it sound like more um, like prehistoric. It was just like this, but it was Mm -hmm. like family, like tribe around mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. and like all of a sudden you were showing Juliana almost immediately how to breastfeed yeah. and the placenta and we're cutting the core and it was just this whole like <laughs> ritual of love and light and and warmth and safety and and it just continued that way in this space like I think we just passed out oh, eventually yeah. and I then, think immediately within the first hour like oh, yeah. yeah but then like <laughs> finally you're done. we were able to stir yeah and be in the same place with him like mm-hmm. five hours later. Yeah. And, and, and like, it was like, holy shit, mm-hmm. that all happened. Yeah. And we're still where we were. And it still feels like, I think we rode that wave of like euphoria because we didn't even have to disturb, we didn't have to leave a hospital, get out of it, talk mm-hmm. to any strength, fill out yeah. any forms. All that stuff was gone. Was, yeah. It was literally like... We never left like, that mattress for the first month. Like, we didn't have to go anywhere. You guys came to us, you know? We lived on a mattress <laughs> in this food room. Food delivered and, and... And had food delivered and just, yeah. like, you guys would come and it was so, like... And that's, t- like, I don't I don't know. If we're imprinting the psyche of mm-hmm. Xavian with love it and is. light, like, I'm just... I'm so happy that you helped us find that first 30 day experience Mm -hmm. of our little cocoon and our little, like just our little tribe. Um, And I think it's important. I actually have heard a lot of different cultures say that like the first 40 days, it's like the magic number, right? It's like when they even say that you should just be around very minimal amount of people, like just a couple of family members or even just the mother and the father. Um, mm-hmm. because it's such a, not just, I think also for the exposure to, you know, viruses and things like that, mm-hmm. cause the baby's yeah. so young at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, yeah, just for that integration into the, into the human physical world is important. Um, so yeah, it's always like making sure you have that moment, that space and that support system to guide you through it. It was, um, it was a blessing. Like it was yeah. a miracle. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I will forever <laughs> be so grateful for you and your support through that yeah. to help build that situation mm-hmm. and give us the confidence to do yeah. it. And I think, as you know, we, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Mm. No, no, that, um, because sometimes, uh, people think why, I mean, why we women have to suffer and have to feel all this pain <laughs> during labor, like something you suffer, but actually it's not suffering. I mean, yes, Sometimes it's painful. The sensations are very, very strong. But at the end, you have this reward that you think, I mean, Mm -hmm. I'll do this again if I have to. Just to feel this, I mean, having your baby, you don't experience that in other situations. For example, a traumatic birth. Yeah, you don't don't have that feeling. And that's a reward. Mm -hmm. And nature always rewards what I mean what what is going to continue with life for example breastfeeding Mm -hmm. it it has to be uh, pleasurable it has to be joinable because if it wouldn't we wouldn't survive as a species Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's so true even in the first few weeks it's very painful and unenjoyable because I remember it was really tough for me to get that down but then now yeah yeah, for sure like it and it's that bonding and connection for me I'm I'm still breastfeeding Xavier and he's actually quite booby obsessed Mm -hmm. right now it's (laughs) (laughs) which at some point I feel like I will have to get to a point when he's gonna get a little older I'll have to wean him I might come to you guys for Mm -hmm. advice so how do you you know wean a baby because you can't breastfeed them forever but um right now in the moment it's such a beautiful moment of connection for both him and i exactly you know and you won't get that forever they're only going to be that small for for so long exactly well, well it's interesting exactly. because before when we talk about breastfeeding you'd be like 
and this is just your random like preconceived stigma you're like after six or eight months i'll probably be done <laughs> like she, would, she was always just like then it's back to like and now you're at a year and a half and it's really interesting and you're all still speaking about the beautiful bond and the yeah. beautiful connection and i think mm -hmm. that's something that if you're open to maybe that allows like the openness allows you to actually experience the like what you're saying which mm -hmm. i don't know much about but i witness it every day and this richness of bond yeah. it's so and beautiful least, to yeah. see to try yeah. because i know there's some women out there that can't breastfeed you know and that happens too mm -hmm. and it's unfortunate mm -hmm. um some women that choose not to and i think if you can mm -hmm. and if your body mm -hmm. allows for that then you should try okay. it and 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 strengthen the bond with the baby um you know it's again understanding like the reasons why behind everything and you know just to come back to the full circle i think um mm -hmm. you know right now as there are many women that are about to give birth or about to get pregnant or expand their family um what would you tell them from your experience like what would you what would your advice be to any expectant mother mm -hmm. and father right now out there in the world when it comes to giving birth mm -hmm. to listen to their needs to their hearts because i mean we as doulas we just yeah we just guide you from what you really want mm. <laughs> so listen to that not that I mean, all the information and commentaries that, I mean, we, we have when we're pregnant, many, many information coming from outside. And yeah, you need to listen to, to the inside and what you want for this process, mm -hmm. because it's possible. It's possible to have a beautiful experience a memorable experience uh, that you would like to share. Yeah. <laughs> Not something that uh, it's because, yeah, it's very sad that many, many women have yet these bad memories. It's the birth of their babies. It's supposed to be the most beautiful day and yeah, the most like uh, incredible experience mm -hmm. in life. That's beautiful. Just to listen, right? And, and like you said, it's beautiful to listen to the intuition. And I think it also, I would add to that is remember that there are options, right? Like, and not just home birth. I know like, uh, I don't know much about Costa Rica, but I know in like North America and Canada, America, they even have birthing centers. Like, you know, so that's mm -hmm. kind of like a mix in between a hospital and a home yeah. if that people yeah. wanted a little bit of both. So it's like really opening your eyes mm -hmm. and knowing that hospital is not the only way. There are many ways to bring birth mm -hmm. forward and to birth a child into this world. And, you know, anytime people have asked us about advice, we always say, like, what's most important is a place where you feel safest, most exactly. comfortable. Mm -hmm. And to us, we felt so safe and comforted. And we had this beautiful family around us of you guys, of, of our doulas and midwives that really, you know, mm -hmm. helped. You were the... The, the rock for me through the difficult times, you know, you really held my hand through it a lot spiritually. And for and that, I'm forever grateful. And, you know, next time I have another baby, I'll be calling you up. I'll do the same. <laughs> I'll do the same. Yes, exactly. Right here in this house. <laughs> right the same Airbnb. <laughs> no, I don't know. It, I think that's really beautiful, Julian. I think there's something to be said also um about knowing like the difficult times isn't because like, you were like you were a rock in the difficult times but i think also the difficult times of deciding about mm -hmm. the difficulty of listening to your heart not just mm -hmm. in birth but in anything in this life in this world like listening to your own instinct intuition your heart it's never the easy road yeah. but mm -hmm. it the easy road is not always the most rewarding and richest experience either mm -hmm. and so finding mm -hmm. that courage and watching juliana find that courage with your guys help because that's a very difficult place to be mm -hmm. it's a difficult pursuit to pursue your truth um but to see mm -hmm. if you can surround yourself with people that can help you find your truth and educate you mm -hmm. to get through the noise of everyone trying to influence your truth in order to make that decision for yourself like that to me was the, one of the most beautiful things to witness as the father in the room which was mm -hmm a room full of, full of women supporting her as a woman. Mm -hmm. And so, and, mm -hmm. and to find her truth and then to give us as a family, this opportunity to have this beautiful 
intense and heroic and warrior filled, like challenging birth story um, that ended up in a hallway mm -hmm. in a Airbnb in Costa Rica. I would <laughs> honestly like I couldn't imagine it ever being more perfect. Yeah. Like yeah. the pursuit of perfection is not always the easiest road, but it's always the most rewarding. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. exactly. And and honestly, we give it up to you guys. Like, yeah. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Yes, this this is the path that your souls decided to receive Xavier. And I also think that I believe uh, that babies decide where, when, mm. and with whom. <laughs> and I mean, how, how they want to enter into this world. That's amazing. Because, yeah, sometimes, I don't know, they're, I mean, um, Every every birth is sacred and beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, the way it has to be. Yes, yeah, exactly. I love that. Yeah, and I think that you you taught that to us as well, yeah. which was not to have an expectation. And that's important because you know there's going to be many times that you have a certain way you want it to go, and it's not going to go that way. Oh. And I think mm -hmm. what you're saying mm -hmm. is beautiful. And I think for every woman out there to remember whatever path, whatever way her birth unfolds that's the way it was supposed to be. And it had a sacred exactly. in that moment and it's perfect for what that moment called for. And all that matters is you have the baby in your and arms. And that you're end. both healthy and well and, and yeah, everything mm -hmm. else unfolds mm -hmm. after but that. But that's so funny about like the baby knows what you just said, like how the baby wants to be born and to who and how. Because Xavier mm -hmm. wanted to be born at home. Like there's a reason why he was not getting in that car. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like you were literally a foot out of the door of this house. It's almost like the field of energy yes. outside of this house. Yeah. The second your foot touched the earth on the, the outside the front like, door, no. you, like that looking he, up at me. He and said no. Yeah, he's like, no, no, no. I'm coming down. And he's very strong-willed now. Like he is we, a very he's strong a very strong-willed baby. So yeah. I'm sure that that was his first exercise of will. <laughs> so oh beautiful. Oh Anyways, Rael, thank you so much for this wonderful oh, conversation, thanks. for sharing mm -hmm. yeah. everything. It's so nice to see you. Oh, my goodness. Connect with you again. Next time, I want to give you a big hug. And, yeah. and yes, of person. course, of course. <laughs> oh, yes. Thanks for, I mean, for me, it was very, very special. And remembering all these things, yeah. I, I always remember. I mean, it's a funny thing that happened. When you guys were in the bathtub, remember? And <laughs> something happened with the water. Like, I don't know, the, <sighs> the water wasn't warming or something. And suddenly uh, Mark came and said, the water broke. And I was, oh, no, because I was thinking about the tubers. <laughs> and he was like, is that bad? And then I realized, oh, the water broke. We always remember. Oh, that's so funny. I don't even know that story. Well, that's so funny. Well, the water broke both ways. At one point, we ran out of hot water, and it was like, oh, my God, we can't fill the tub up like the without hot water. And you guys yeah. made a train of, like, kettles oh. and pots that was, like, training out the water, all the hot water that way. And then there was the second yeah. time when I came and I was like, the water broke again. But this time it was actually the water. The water. Of, <laughs> the water. <laughs> that was, oh, I forgot. That was so funny. so funny. I forgot that we ran out of hot water. Yeah. That was so, and I was, on, I was on the phone with the owner of the house being like, why don't we have any Oh, well, yeah, you were trying yeah. to have hot water tank yeah. at like two in the morning. Oh, poor yeah. me too. Oh, poor I was me like too. getting a call and giving a birth in your Airbnb. Where's the hot water? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's hilarious. Oh, oh that's so good. good but the next time we do this, we yeah. will do this again and we will, it will be the team and we'll be in yes. person and we will yes, give each other yes, a hug sure. and, and reunite. And yeah. Xavier will yes, be here. Yes, of course. Xavier will be even oh. bigger than he is now. Yeah. <laughs> oh so oh thank goodness. you. Thank you, Riles. Okay. Thanks so much. So good to see you. Big kisses. Thanks. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for watching. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to click that subscribe and follow button. And check out the description below for links to all the usual social media handles and check us out on there. All the support we can get, we're deeply grateful for. Plenty more episodes to come and we'll see you next time on Stars and Destruct. Stars and Destruct! Creating cosmos out of chaos. Conversations to uplift, ignite, and explore.